Hey, hey, we are ready to go. We hope you are as well. It's going to be a, another banner show. We love having you along with us. John Scholes here and, of course, employment lawyer Lior Sanfiru, as I say every week, doing all the heavy lifting. I just have to sit here and enjoy the ride, take the calls, which, by the way, this is a phone-in show. So what makes the show a 100 times better is when you grab a phone and ask your questions. Your neighbor, Steve, does not know the answers, and the Ministry of Labor does not know the answers. You'll get the answers right here over this hour of radio here on the Employment Law Show. How do you do that? Simple. Four. 416-872-1010. You know that number, right? 416-872-1010 is the best way to reach us. We're going to get to a ton of email on the show this afternoon because it's been piling up. We apologize. We're going to get to them now. And that would be help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But uh, we all get into our email shortly, uh, Lior, but we start with the other uh, week that was case of the day. What's going on with you, pal? Hey, Johnny, great to be here, of course, talking employment law, resolving all those workplace problems that people have. And I know they have them because every single day I get dozens and dozens of emails, calls, messages, forms through the website, asking questions about workplace rights. Well, one way to get them answered right now on this Sunday is by calling the show asking the questions and giving me the opportunity to solve that prompt, to inform you about what the law says, if something that you're facing is legal or illegal, if you have rights, what those rights are, what your employer has to do, you name it. If it touches on your job and your workplace, you're listening to the right place to get those answers. And of course, beyond this show, you can always reach me in the office, myself and my team will keep giving you that contact information throughout the show. But for the next hour, we got uh, we got some time here to answer questions. And I like to start off with some situations that came across my desk uh, recently. For some reason, John, over the past couple of weeks, I've been getting a lot of questions and emails uh, about people that have been working from home. And now their employer wants them to come uh, back to the office either full time or maybe one or two days a week. And, you know, a lot of individuals now have gotten used to this idea of working from home. Some people have even moved away from uh, from their office uh, they have other responsibilities and they don't want to go back. So the question keeps coming back, you know, what do we do here? So let's start with the idea that if you don't go back to work, your employer is allowed to let you go if you don't go back to the to the office. But of course, of course the question is, do they owe you severance or not? This goes back to the idea that your employer can always let you go with severance. So the question is, do you get severance? And in most cases, you do. And here's how this works. If you were working uh, in the office during COVID, and now in this period of time, post-COVID, your employer has allowed you to work from home, now they want you to come back. By now, this becomes a term of employment. And what I mean is if they had you work, come back to the office immediately when COVID was over, let's say a year or so ago, then that would have been fun. They could have done that. But because they allowed you to stay at home, guess what? Now in this situation, that becomes the new term of employment. And now they can't just necessarily force you to go back to work. So you have the ability to say no. And if you lose your job as a result of that, which can happen, they're going to have to pay you your full severance. Your employer may think, no, no, you've refused to come into work or you've resigned or, or abandoned your job. No, not so fast. Not at all. Because the company doesn't have the ability to force that issue, you don't have the, the obligation to go back into the office, well, in that situation, you're going to be owed your severance. Certainly, if you were hired during uh, COVID over the past few years to work remotely and the company wants you to go back, same thing applies to you. So in most cases, if the company wants you to come back into the office, you can decide what's better. Do you want to do that? Do you not? Knowing ultimately that if you lose your job, you're going to be owed your severance. 
That is an interesting curveball because last time we had this conversation with any depth, it was the case of, no, no, you always worked at the office. You had a short period during COVID where you didn't. Now the employer can say, no, no, we're back to the way it started. But you're saying now enough time has elapsed for it's become an implied term of your employment? You got it. Exactly. So, So when the company was able to bring you back to work, if they had done that, then there would be no choice. But they chose not to, even though they could have, even though, you know, Really, things have been pretty good in terms of the pandemic over the past year or so. Uh, the company chose not to. They were happy for you to come to stay at home. Now, if they've changed their mind, well, wait a second. That's now a term of employment. It's become the new reality, and they can't just change their mind. So this goes both ways. I've often said to employees that you know, if you accept something uh, that the employer is doing, that becomes a term of employment. Well, the same thing applies to an employer. If the employer does something that maybe they're not required to do, but they do it anyway, that becomes a term of employment and everyone is bound by it. And in this case, yeah, you're, you're able to say, I'm not coming back into the office. And again, as, as you've said before, different story. If you were hired during COVID, started at home and have always been at home during the last three years, that's different. Then they can't tell you to come in, right? They can't. Now, of course, if you were sent uh, home during COVID to work remotely and you know, a company says, just so you know, we're sending you home, but we have the right to come to call you back at any time. And they put that in writing. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Most employers didn't do that. So now employers that want to have that, uh, that change have to understand that if you have an employee that's going to say, not doing it, not coming back, you can either, you know, forget it and let them continue working remotely, or you can let them go, but you're going to have to pay severance. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, how the landscape's kind of changed because, to your point, like a year, year and a half ago, everyone's like saying, well, I don't want to go back now. Forget it. I'm used to being at home. I changed my lifestyle. More and more people I'm hearing now at this point are starting to get a bit of cabin fever, and it's like they want to go back two or three days a week because they just got to get out of the house. I'm hearing that more and more. They're actually relieved to go back in the office two or three days a week. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and there's people that are happy to do that, people that have been anxious to do that. But there are still a lot of people I know because they're calling me. They're telling me, you know, I I actually don't want that. In fact, because because I assumed I was going to stay at home, I've moved now. So I don't live downtown Toronto anymore. I live an hour and a half away uh, and I can't go back in there. Well, guess what? You may not actually have to or at least you're going to be owed your severance. Again, anytime you want to uh, make that call, you get surprised like I did. I've been doing this show for 11 years, but there's always uh, new stuff to find out, right? 416-872-1010. 416-872-1010 to call the station right now and uh, get on air with us over the course of the uh, the remainder of the hour. As I mentioned, want to catch up with a bunch of email, guys. Let's get to uh, Francis first. This guys love the TV show as well. Thanks for doing that. Uh, my employer found out that I was spending about an hour a day on social media on my work computer. I was fired on the spot, and I have not been paid any any severance in this case am i owed anything yeah and and certainly that's something that i've seen before and, and let's kind of break this down to, uh, first of all obviously when you work when you're getting paid you, you're expected to do work that's that's obvious right so if you're paid for eight hours you're expected to work for eight hours and you, and you can't really be spending time doing other things uh, and, and if you are, that's something that the company can discipline you for because they're paying you. So you shouldn't be doing it. So I, I can accept the fact that she was doing something she wasn't supposed to spending time on social media, which should have been work time. And I understand the employer not being happy with that. But the question is not that. The question is, is that bad enough to be just cause? Is it bad enough to allow the company to let her go without severance? And the answer to that is, well, no, it's not. This is something that does 
entitle the company to engage in some discipline. They can give her a warning. They can maybe even suspend her in some situations. But what they can't do is jump from nothing, presumably if she has a clean record, to a termination for cause. They can tell her, no, you're not, it's not acceptable. You're expected to work. And then if she continues doing that, then maybe then there's a final warning. And maybe then if it continues, there's a, they're in a position to let her go for cause. The fact that she did something wrong does not equate to a termination for cause. And this is something that's a very important thing to remember. Just because you did something wrong, just because there's something that you should be disciplined for, doesn't mean that you're deserving of the worst punishment. And if the company jumps the gun and imposes the worst punishment, it becomes a wrongful dismissal. So this, John, to me, absolutely sounds like a wrongful dismissal. Is it the amount of time Francis spent just an hour out of eight? I mean, is that that's not serious time theft, I guess you'd call it. But if it was, you know, a couple hours or like my daughter. Oh, I just got the I just got the evil eye for that one. But if, <laughs> if it's enough, if it's enough time on social media when you're supposed to be at work, then is then is it fireball or again they have to go through the steps? Well, that's that's it's a good point. Certainly, if she came in every day and and logged onto Facebook and stayed on Facebook for the eight hours and then went home, <laughs> you know, I would say that's probably the type of relationship that can't be rehabilitated. That, that there's so much trust lost there that she can't really be. You know, allowed to continue working. But in this situation, yeah, she, she certainly is doing something she's not supposed to that one hour. But why why would the employer think that if we told, tell her that's not acceptable, that she won't change her behavior? If she can and she will change her behavior, then that relationship can be salvaged and they have to do it. Or if they want her gone, that's fine. But they have to pay her full severance. Let's get Ravi in here next. Before we break, another email says, guys, can I be fired after eight months of working at a job when they recruited me away from my previous position? I was only given one week's notice. So to answer the specific question, can he be let go? The answer is sure. Yes, because an employer can let you go pretty much for any reason. But the real question is, is that one week severance adequate? Nonsense. Of course, it's not adequate. Even if he's truly just an eight month employee, that severance is going to be calculated in months, not weeks, not days. So he could be out several months pay after only working for eight months. But because he says he was recruited from another job, it's actually quite possible that the company now has to recognize the service with the previous company. So let's say he was with the previous company for 10 years. He was recruited away. And now he's been let go after eight months. Well, he's now a 10 plus year employee and should get severance like a 10 year employee. If you're recruited from another company, if you're recruited from a secure job, only to then be let go in the first couple of years, you're going to be owed enhanced severance that recognizes that past service. So this individual, depending on how many years he's worked at the previous company, could be owed as much as two years severance. He was paid one week. That's, again, a wrongful dismissal. So very important for all our listeners to remember this concept of being recruited from another job. 119, almost 120, Sunday afternoon. It's a beauty out there. Thank you for joining us on the show. This is your opportunity to phone in and uh, get Lior live. Get some easy, quick, and free advice, right? The uh, phone number, 416-872-1010. We have lots of open lines here at the station. We're ready to go. 416-872-1010. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you want to uh, send an email along, we'll try to get to it with the remainder of the hour. Got a good pile happening, though, and that's what we're working on on the show today is some of those uh, some of those emails. But don't feel, uh, don't be uh, afraid to call in and interrupt us because we prefer to get you on the air 
and to ask your questions. Ben is up next. Lior says, guys, quit my job because my employer never let me take more than one week's vacation max. They would pay me vacation pay, but I would not be allowed to take time off because we were too busy. Did my employer do anything illegal here? Well, absolutely. Uh, there's no such thing as only one week's vacation. At a minimum, you're entitled to take two weeks, and depending on the number of, of years, you can take three weeks vacation. And, and even if the company pays you vacation pay, they still have to give you the time off. So that's illegal. And if you're trying and the company says, too bad, we're too busy, you, you, you can only take the one week. No, can't do that. Even if they're busy, not something they're allowed to do. But the fact that that's illegal means something else. If this person Person quits because he doesn't get vacation, which is understandable. We're going to get burnt out that way. Well, the law considers that to be a constructive dismissal. He's not quitting just because he feels like it or because he wants to change careers. He's quitting because he can't accept the illegal behavior by his employer. That's, again, a constructive dismissal. That constructive dismissal happens when the company is doing something it's not allowed to do, and you just don't accept that. So in this case, he's potentially, if he hasn't been paid vacation pay, can get that, but he's also potentially owed severance. So if a company doesn't pay you overtime properly, doesn't pay you holiday pay properly, vacation pay, like in this case, and, and you end up leaving, the law may consider that to be a termination, and now you can still get severance. So that, John, to me, clear constructive dismissal. Let me ask you this, so kind of along the same lines of what Ben's going through. In fact, it might turn into this. What happens if this employer gives him that you know paltry little one week and says, oh, by the way, we're going to force you to take that week in the darkest month of the year, middle of February, and you have no choice. Can an employer do that? So unfortunately, and a lot of people are very shocked to hear that. I think employers do, but uh, an employer can decide when you take vacation. As long as it's the right amount, of course, they are allowed to say, I've decided that for you this year, John, you're taking your vacation on this week. I know you wanted to to go away with your family over uh, July, but you can't do that. So are you going to take your vacation in March or April? Uh, not going to make you happy and not going to make a lot of employees happy, which is why employers tend not to do that. Employers usually will say, you, you book vacation and we'll approve it. But if an employer was so inclined, they can decide if and when employee takes vacation. Of course, understanding that the, um, the, the two or three weeks vacation has to be given, that's not an option to refuse. Well, that's and you brought up another point along this, which I wanted to cover anyway. Was so so you've put in your vacation time; they've approved it, as you just mentioned. You've bought airline tickets. You're going to a resort. A month later, they say, "You know what? We're reneging on that. You can't take that time." Then can they go back and pull it away from you? No, no, they cannot. Uh, Once vacation is approved and and relied upon by the employee, in this case, yeah, I have approved vacation. Fantastic. I've I've told all my family they've booked their flights. I've just booked my flights in the resort. We're ready to go. We're packing up uh, next next, uh, Tuesday. No, can't do that at that point. The company cannot take it back. Uh, I mean, in theory, maybe they could take it back if they were willing to compensate the employee for their losses, which they never will be. But no, once vacation is approved and relied on by the employee, it's set in stone and the employer is not able to take it back or punish the employee that takes that vacation. So uh, very important for employers to remember that if you're not sure if the, the vacation should be approved, well, don't approve it. Don't approve it until you're sure, because once you do, you probably can't take it back. 
Again, I'm asking all the questions here, but it's it's not just for me. You can phone in any time and do the same. We'd love to have you on, 416-872-1010. It's only 123, so you still got lots of time here on a Sunday. As we get down to more emails, uh, TJ's up next. Says, Guys, love the show. Appreciate you doing this every Sunday. Uh, I got into an argument with my boss and was fired on the spot. Zero compensation. I've always been a good employee and have worked for the company for five years. Can I get my job back? Yeah, and, and you know, I often get the question, you know, this happened, I lost my job, I, I just really want my job back, I want to continue working there, let's just move past this, can I get my job back? Well, unfortunately, in most cases, the answer is no. In terms of getting the job back, the answer is no. The law does not have the ability in most cases to force the employer to take you back. There are a couple of exceptions, but in most cases, your employer cannot be forced to take you back. What your employer can be forced to do, absolutely, is to compensate you financially for having you lost your job. So in this particular situation, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have gone into an argument or maybe you should have let cooler heads prevail, but hey, we're all human. So the fact that you may have gotten into an argument with with your boss does not mean that you can be fired for cause, does not mean that you can be fired without compensation. If your employer still wants you gone, they have to pay you severance. Now, if it was extreme and you you hit somebody and and you know it was that type of behavior, then sure, I can see a company being able to say, no, that we can't recover from. That you have to be now let go for cause. But in most cases, an argument, maybe voices were raised, maybe a few a few things were said that shouldn't have been said. That's not enough to justify a termination for cause. I see that often, and the best thing you can do in that situation is come back to the company and say, listen. We both made mistakes, or I made a mistake. I want to come back to work. If they won't let you, that becomes a wrongful dismissal. TJ, appreciate that note. And again, if you want to have a further conversation, or you as well, if you're listening on the show uh, today, you can anytime. Leona's team always available, one 821 5900 But as mentioned right here, 416-872-1010 is how you uh, get a hold of us. Want to get to uh, to John, who's been standing by on the line. John, thanks for uh, for taking the time today, pal. How are you? I didn't, didn't ever think I would call yeah, you today, you <laughs> but you never. Well, know that's why happened. we're here, brother. What's going okay. on? Okay, just uh, yeah, I'm a school bus driver, and uh, you know we we all finished June 30th, and you know we, you know, of course you take you know you don't work in the summer hours uh, for the most part, but uh, as a result, you know a lot of us uh, collect unemployment until we get back and start working in the fall. But uh, I wasn't able to collect unemployment because the employer hasn't. Uh, sent a record of employment, and despite uh, numerous attempts by myself and Service Canada to uh, ask for this, uh, they they have not um, submitted one yet, which is, you know, kind of uncomfortable, you know, because, you know, I've gone basically the whole summer without any any compensation from uh, unemployment, and I'm just wondering if this is grounds for constructive dismissal, because I've started uh, working again with them. Hmm. Uh, So, are you, first of all, a part of a union, John? No. Okay. Um, so it, it's not necessarily grounds for constructive dismissal, but it is grounds for legal action. And what I mean by that is because they didn't do what they were supposed to do, you lost something financially. And right. th- and they, they're they liable for that loss. But for their you know failure to do what they were supposed to, you would have gotten paid from EI. So it's quite possible that you could take legal action to recover, you know, if you were going to make, I don't know, I'm just making up $3,000 as an example over yeah. the summer from, uh, from EI, then they're liable for that. Uh, so 
if you want to pursue that, you can. I can appreciate the fact that it may be an awkward thing to do uh, while you're working for them, but you have mm-hmm. that option. They are liable. And in fact, you may not even need to take legal action. It's possible that just a letter from me uh, will do that and they'll realize their mistake and they'll, they'll, they'll make you whole. Happy to help you if that's what you want. Generally speaking, good advice is if you're ever in that situation or any of our listeners where a company is not filing that record of employment, let me know. Usually once they get a letter from me, your head spins how quickly that record of employment shows up. So, uh, but in your case, yeah, you have the option to recover your losses from them. Yeah, is there any reason why they're not doing this? Despite that, they kept you know they keep saying, uh, "Oh yeah, don't worry, we're, we're going to get around, we're going to get around to it." But this has been like two months. It, it, and... Honestly, incompetence. There, there really is no other reason. Uh, uh, really? it, it, it's 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 incompetent. Maybe maybe Joanne was on vacation. He thought Bob was going to do it, but Bob thought that uh, Margaret. You know what I mean? One of those things. Uh, it, 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 there really is no excuse or reason for that other than incompetence. Okay, so just a letter from uh, you perhaps might work. Okay, I'll get in touch with your office, uh, Leon. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Okay. Appreciate uh, appreciate yeah. that call again. That number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out. Now, what happens if that letter gets sent, and then the next day he goes in and says, "We didn't like that, John. We're firing you." Well, that that actually could be a reprisal potentially right. when you're sta- you know you're punished for being for standing up for your legal rights. So it would be a kind of a bad move, and I would probably remind that company in the letter that hey. Don't make that second mistake. You've already kind of made a big mistake. Don't make a second mistake by firing this guy. Uh, but yeah, th- there's really no excuse for a company not to do a very, very simple task yeah. of filing a record of employment. Just no excuse. Let's take a short break, John. Thank you for the call. we got more coming through. Uh, get in line. It doesn't take long to get on air and ask your questions. Get some answers just like that. 416-872-1010. And we will return to more of your email as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. This is the Employment Law Show, and it continues in just a minute or two. Stand by. And welcome back at 134 on a lovely Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. You have plenty of time to uh, call into the show and ask Leo your employment law questions. It could be something as simple as not getting some severance or how much severance are you owed or deeper issues. It doesn't matter. We invite you to uh, to join us now. 416-872-1010. That's the number to reach out. And beyond that, help at, uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address you're using. But uh, I want to get to Judy here who's been standing by patiently for a couple minutes. And Judy, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to call the show today what's uh what's going on with you well good afternoon thank you for taking the call thank you um i've i've been working for a company doing the same job for 23 years now and um what i do is administration i do uh the letters and things like that that go out to the clients and for 23 years i've been doing the same job and i've been working for the same management team basically and uh, during the pandemic, they sent me home for the first couple of weeks, but I've been back five days a week since June 15, 2020. And the reason they gave me at that time to bring me back and no one else is, uh, oh, by the way, this is a very large company. It's actually worldwide. We have offices all over. And um, they brought me back so that I could help do the printing and the scanning for all those lucky devils that get to work from home. So I accepted that, and I've been still working from home, or working at the office, but the staff working from home, now they're back to a hybrid program. Two days this week, three days next week, the rest of the time they get to work from home. Um, I've been fighting it, I've been trying to get at least one day at home, but they keep management will not allow it. Now, 
just that little bit of history. Now, going back earlier this year, apparently there was a bit of a situation in the office, and I was called in, and I was told I acted inappropriately. I have no recollection of what they were talking about. They said it was a dismissal action, that it was not appropriate, but because of my years of service and my reputation, they were not going to dismiss me, but I had to behave, and like I said, they would not give me any details. So that in the hanging, in, in the background, everything's been fine since. Now, we get policies on a regular basis. Just this week, we got a policy that we're supposed to read and sign off on, meaning that we acknowledge and accept that this is policy, company policy. This one this week was employee separation. And it clearly says in the actual policy that an employee will not be given severance if you voluntarily retire or you voluntarily surrender, uh, resign. If you're dismissed due to cause, or if you were dismissed due to breach of policy, company policy, do I sign this thing or do I not sign it? If I sign it, then I could be on the line down the road. If the business that happened earlier in the year resurfaces, they've kind of got me. I got it, Judy. So so let me answer. First of all, with respect to the working in the office versus working from home, Absolutely. What you described does not sound fair, that you're working in the office and other people are given more flexibility. It's not fair, but ultimately, it's also not illegal. Uh, a company is allowed to decide who's going to work where, as long as they're not doing it for discriminatory reasons. So if they were having you work differently because of your age or ethnicity, those types of things, that would be illegal. But from what I, much you described, it doesn't seem like it's illegal despite it being unfair. Now, with respect to signing that policy, uh, I am not concerned about anything that says that, you know, you could be fired for, for cause without severance if you do certain things. I'm concerned about other things it may say that you may not even necessarily appreciate could be a big problem. So the best advice I'm going to be able to give you is don't sign anything until I see it. I want you to send me a copy of the document and only then, once I read it, can I tell you if that's something you should worry about or not, whether you should sign it or you should not sign it. So until okay. that happens, do not sign it. Absolutely do not. Uh, okay. you, you have 23 years with the company. You don't want to do anything to compromise potential severance that you could be owed down the road. So send it over to me and I'll take a look and then we'll go from there. Okay, thank you so very much. I really appreciate your time. I will definitely do that. And I think Johnny here is having some some technical issues. No. Oh, we're you're good. still there. Yeah, okay, just good. had to. Yeah, we're, going, we're on a bit of a delay today, but Judy, appreciate the call, and I'm going to give you that some contact information. It was a really wise thing for you to do, and to reach out to uh, to Lior, you can one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Judy, and that email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You got a feel for Judy. I mean, talk about being on tenter hooks for the last last you know year or so. You can't work here. You can't come in. Plus, you got to sign this. I mean, she's a 23 year employee so i guess she's got the the law on her side for you know for all due respect because that's a long time to be working if they have to pay her severance it's going to cost them right i'll tell you this it's going to be almost impossible 
to let her go without severance unless she did something terrible you know the equivalent of stealing or or committing fraud or hitting someone it's going to be almost impossible to let her go for cause without severance now what i would have told her back when this issue came up and they said you behaved inappropriately so by the way how how illogical is it to say oh just so you know you you've behaved inappropriately and it's really really bad but we're not going to tell you what it was when it was, <laughs> yeah. was involved it's super secret but behave yeah. better trust but, us <laughs> trust us yeah exactly but what i would have told her when that happened is as i've said before i would send an email saying exactly this just so you know you've told me these things i don't know what it is so i can't really comment on that but i don't feel i did anything wrong because what you want to have on record is that you haven't agreed to or accepted to anything that you're not acknowledging that it's legitimate i would always put that in writing so that a company can't really rely on it down the road uh, but no, it, it's going to be very difficult to let a 23-year employee go without severance. And after those that many years, she could easily be out as much as two years uh, severance. Judy, appreciate the call once again. Really, uh, really good stuff for our listeners as well. This is why you called the show in a couple minutes to get some answers and some uh, some relief for sure. Still got plenty of time, don't you know? 416-872-1010. Let's uh, bounce back over to our email list, Lior, and it would be Greg this time around. says, guys, been on a medical disability leave for six months, half a year. My employer is putting pressure on me to return to work. They're telling me that if I don't come back now, they guarantee that I will, uh, they can't guarantee that I'll have a job later. Do you have any advice for me well yeah my advice here is very simple don't go back to work unless your doctor approves it don't go back to work unless you talk to your doctor and you and the doctor feels that you're able to do it if your doctor feels you're able to do it great have at it but but if the doctor says no it's not the right time or you're not yet ready don't go back to work nothing good will come of it you may end up hurting yourself more end up having to go off for an even longer period of time so very very bad idea to go contrary to your doctor's advice now with respect to your job the time to assess whether they have a job for you is when you're able to come back to work so if you're not able to come back to work for another six months well, let's not worry about that now in six months. Let's see. They may be desperate for you in six months. They may have had seven people quit and they're they're, they're desperate to have you yeah. back. What the company has to do when you're ready to come back from a disability leave is they have to make all efforts to bring you back. That does not necessarily mean having to fire someone that's doing your job. But if your job is not available anymore because someone else is doing it now, they have to look for another job that's appropriate and make all those efforts. And if they've tried and they've looked and there's nothing available, only at that point they can let you go with your full severance. If they don't even go through that analysis, if they don't even try to bring you back, it becomes a human rights violation. It's wrong and it's illegal. But I would not worry about your job until you're ready to come back to work. What if you're not ready to come back for another year? Yeah. Who knows? That's a lifetime from now. So follow your doctor's advice. And if the company punishes you for doing that, doesn't try to bring you back, you call me right away. Yeah, it's, it, we've heard this before for years on the show that, you know, employers try to crystal ball it saying, you know, we won't have a job for you in six months. They can't they can't do that. It's not well, fair either. No, no. And they certainly can't say, well, because we know that in six months we don't have a job, we're going to let you go now. And I've seen that, by the way, with maternity leaves where someone's on a maternity leave. They're not coming back for months. And the company says, well, we, we just know uh, that we're not going to have a job for you. So we're going to just let you go now. No, no, can't do that because it's quite possible that you may not have anything now. Maybe you just went through a, a big restructuring and there's no job. But this person is not coming back now. And the time to assess 
the ability to bring her back is at the end of the leave, not now. So just by jumping the gun and being proactive, that could be a human rights violation, an employment standards violation. It could be a wrongful dismissal. You name it. So being proactive when someone is on a leave is not actually a good idea. Let's get into one more short break here before we come back with more of your emails and phone calls. That number uh, to call in right now, you can do it, 416-872-1010. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And again, a lot of information we talk about on the show is available to you anytime, free, absolutely anonymously, and that would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. Lots more to go here in the Employment Law Show. Hang on. It sure is, and we are back at uh, one forty-nine on a Sunday afternoon. Good to have you along. Thank you so far, by the way, for uh, your phone calls and all the emails you've been uh, handing us this afternoon. We appreciate your contribution to the show as we do every week. You still got some time. You bet. 416-872-1010. Let's discuss your matter, get you some answers. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the uh, the email address where we're going down to for Richard. says, Lior, I'm about to leave my current job to take a position with a different company. They put a 10-page agreement in front of me and i don't understand the half of it you always say that it is best not to have an agreement at all should i ask them to get rid of it well that would certainly be very nice if the company yeah. says you know what let's forget about this agreement forget about these 10 pages your your handshake is good enough for me i'd be very happy with that because remember for an employee it's far better not to have an agreement, to have, to have a job on a handshake, to have something on the back of a napkin than to have that 10-page uh, agreement because I can promise you that in that 10-page agreement, there's going to be many things that are problematic for the employee, things that could be very costly for the employee, and that employee may not even realize it. But the reality is that if you tell the company, hey, let's forget about this 10-page document and not have anything, they're not going to agree. So as good an idea, as nice as that would be if it were to happen, I just don't see that happening. So the best case scenario likely is that you can simply negotiate out or or negotiate away some of those bad terms. So what I would tell them to do is this, send me a copy of the agreement, let me read it, and let us narrow down the issues that there are gonna be there to the top two or three that we really are concerned about. And then you can go back to them with those two or three issues. I can talk to you about how to do that, I can talk to you about uh, what kind of changes to suggest, And in the vast majority of cases, John, you're able to get those changes made. Even if you work for a large company, you may think, wow, this is a big company. They they must have these things set in stone. No, not necessarily. Very often we can get those things changed and and revised, and it could be a huge difference. For example, there could be a term there that limits your future severance. It could cost you tens and tens of thousands of dollars. It could be a term there that allows the company to put you on a temporary layoff. They can't do that unless... The agreement says otherwise. A term that allows the company to change your hours, your pay, your your uh, uh, place of work. So just some example. There's many other things. So by all means, please send me a copy. Don't sign it until you do. And let's uh, figure out the best way to negotiate. You know, it's interesting because Richard's email kind of brings up a myth we often talk about, and it's it's off quite often a concern. In fact, it probably is the people listening today going, wait, wait, wait a minute. He's got a 10-page agreement. I, I feel more secure knowing I have that, Lior, than just going in with a handshake and no paper. I, I don't understand why you, why you say that. You know, from my perspective, the only thing you, you need to have certainty on is uh, what your job is and what your pay is. That's it. So as long as you have certainty on that, whether it's because you trust the person, whether it's because you have something on the back of a napkin or an email, that's it. Anything else for an employee, you don't need. 
Everything else there could potentially just be helpful for the employer. Not having that employment agreement means you have the full protection of the law. All the employment laws that we have apply to you. What an employment agreement often does is it takes away those protections. Because even though we have laws that protect employees, oftentimes those laws say that, hey, if you don't want these laws, we're not going to force them on you. So we're going to give you the ability to contract out of the law. So that's what an employment agreement often does. So keep that in mind. You're better off as an employee not having an employment agreement. Of course, if you're an employer, absolutely, you want to have that 10-page document that protects you. So depending on your perspective, uh, an employment agreement could be very good or very bad. Still that number and some time to call in. 416-872-1010 is how you do that. Let's get uh, Peter on the line who's been standing by patiently for a minute or two. Peter, what's uh, what's going on with you? Good afternoon. Yes, sir. I just want to – I was employed in a, for, at a place for seven years. I worked there, and I worked there very good. And then uh, one day I did something like – and I, I said, look at the camera. I didn't do that. I checked my equipment, and the guy bring the bigger boss, and the boss come on us aggressively attacked me and I just used a word, a bad word. And uh, and then he said, you're fired. And I, and then he he fired me. And then I, a couple of days, I, 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 I said, I apologize for using that word. I, I love my job and you never res- disrespect me. So I'm very sorry. He said, no, he don't accept apology. He said, no, he won't accept no apology. So um, he gave me a paper and I have to pull out the paper. And I filled out the paper because I worked there seven seven years. He paid me thirteen hundred. But I, in my mind, I didn't know the law. I didn't know. I was so, I was so weak. I was like lost. I could. I didn't know what it is. So I, I signed the paper. Is there a way I can revoke that to to get my rights? So a couple of questions. First question is that thirteen hundred dollars that you got. How how many weeks pay was that? Was it a couple of weeks or something like that? Yeah, a couple of weeks pay plus my my week, and you just pay me one week out of my two weeks. That's something like that. Okay. And uh, second question is how long ago was this? That well, it's, to be honest, it's going into a year now. Okay. So I have good news then, because you have actually received less than your minimum entitlements. Uh, and because it happened uh, within the last uh, two years, you can actually get out of this, even though you signed it. Uh, So you can't contract out of your minimum entitlement. So unless they can prove that you did something terrible and using a bad word on itself after seven years is never going to be cause for termination. So I can tell you that after seven years, depending on some specifics, you could be owed six, eight, even nine months of severance, not weeks, months. So, so Peter, yeah, you can get out of this, but I wanna, I wanna understand more what happened about your job. I, ideally, I'd like to see yeah. that paper that you've signed. So, yeah. please connect with me off air, and I'd be happy to help you do that. that I'd be so happy. Um, but could you have one of your persons take my number, and then you could call me? Yeah, yeah, Peter. They have. Uh, we have the number here at the station. Plus, okay. I'm going to uh, a couple times before we wrap up today. I will give you the uh, number as well. You bet, pal. Appreciate you uh, stopping by this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, no worries. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Peter. Now, that's that's a case right there, Leor, where I, you you would normally expect you to say, "Sorry, you've already signed it." You know, it's water under the bridge. We can't go back. But because he's below the minimums, would that mean he could get the top up to the minimum or get his full severance? 
from this his point. full severance wow. because of the fact that he got less than his minimums that piece of paper is not worth the the, the paper uh that it was written on it's not worth the the ink uh on it so because that paper doesn't exist now we're in a position where he is owed his full severance his full severance less the 1300 that he got that's what he's owed so if a company is going to bother having an employee sign uh, off on a severance uh, letter at a minimum at a minimum they should pay those those statutory minimums otherwise it's not going to be worth it uh so this company made a mistake they thought they were just kind of throwing some money his way as a favor doesn't work that way unless he made a huge mistake unless he could be terminated for cause because he committed a horrible form of misconduct he's going to be owed his full severance after seven years john that's going to be substantial Let's get to Marianne here onto the wire with a quick email. It says, guys, the dentist I work for is about to retire, close his practice. I asked about severance and he had no idea what I was talking about. I've worked for him as a hygienist for 10 years. Am I owed anything? John, you and I have spoken before about doctors, dentists, chiropractors. Both you and I have friends that are in those professions. And, you know, they do a great job. They're great people. But oftentimes they don't appreciate their obligations from an employment law standpoint. So, uh, of course, she's owed severance. And severance is not limited to big companies. doesn't matter if you work for a large company or small company. You are owed your full severance. If she loses her job after 10 years, hygienist, she could easily be owed a year's pay, a year's severance. She needs to give me a call. If you lose your job because uh, the business is shutting down, selling, the retirement involved give me a call because you're owed your full severance and that will be it for the day appreciate all of your uh, correspondence here uh, everybody with the phones and the emails and uh, as well we really appreciate it. continue to send them along though because leor answers after the show as well one 821 5900 by phone help at employmentlawyer.ca and that website your first stop to go to and have access as well to the severance calculator that would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca we'll catch you next time right here on the employment law show